All right, can we give it up for all the dads? <laughs> Thank you, dads and moms and grandmas and grandpas for all the times you rescue us. Hey, this is a special service because we get to have the kids in with us. If, yeah, can we celebrate the kids? And didn't those... Uh, the kids on the stage did such a good job as we read the Christmas story. Kids, I'll be asking you guys some questions, and you can raise your hand when I ask you a question. So here's one. Can you remember a time when you've ever been saved like that by your dad or grandpa or mom or grandma? I know I can think of some when I think back to my childhood. We're going to talk today about how Christmas is a dad save. Christmas is a great rescue. You see, when we were caught in our mistakes and when we were caught in our sickness and in our pain, God is a father who didn't just ignore us. He stepped in to help us, and we get to talk about that today. Well, my name's John, by the way, and I'm a new pastor here at Connection Point. I get to serve as the lead pastor, and this is actually my very first Christmas at Connection Point, and uh, thank you guys. You've been... Just such a welcoming family to me and my family. We just got in town about a week ago, and my kids have lived in Arizona and out in California for most of their, actually all their lives. And so they'd seen a little bit of snow, but my youngest had never seen snow before. So yesterday morning, they all, they all invaded our bedroom, my wife and me, and they all jumped in bed, and they said, there's snow, there's snow. And we pulled open the curtains and looked outside, and sure enough, they had so much fun playing in the snow. Our youngest at first, I think she thought it was popcorn. <laughs> and she went outside and she was just, I mean, she'd never seen snow before. It was so much fun. Here's a picture of my family. I just wanted to introduce you guys really quickly. This is my wife, Mel. This is Jack. He's eight. Zoe's five. And Evie, our youngest, is three. And part of the reason we moved across the country to come to Connection Point is that this is a church that loves people. And I want you to know if you are a guest this Christmas Eve, if you're visiting, that this is a place where you will be loved. I want you to know that you are welcome here any weekend, any time. We're here to serve you. We're here to meet your needs. And we just want to invite you to be part of the community with us. Uh, one of the things I love so much about this church is it's a church that loves all people. You might feel like you've made mistakes. You know what? There's no mistake that God can't forgive. You might feel like you're a person who doesn't belong in a church. That's not true. God desires for all people to be in relationship with him. So we want you to know, no matter what your background is, no matter what you've done or what's been done to you, no matter what your political beliefs are, no matter anything else, we want you to know you're welcomed here, you're wanted here, and you're loved here. Well, speaking of dad rescues, I'm going to tell you guys a true story of a dad save that I had. Um, it's actually kind of a funny story because I, it was a dad save, but it could have landed me in jail if I wasn't a little bit more careful, okay? What happened is I was with my three kids, and we were playing in a, a public place like a park, and there was a, an older kid an older boy who was kind of wrestling with my son, Jack. And I was just looking on, trying not to be a helicopter dad, you know. And, and this, uh, they were playing pretty rough. It seemed like they were having a good time. But then I started to realize this older kid's just being a little too rough with Jack. I think Jack's kind of getting beat up a little bit. So I, I kind of talk with this older kid, hey, can you be a little more careful? I try that two or three times, and the older kid is just not being gentle at all. So I finally decide, okay, I'm going to take my three kids. We're going to go to a different area and play. So we're playing in a different area. I'm looking on my phone, checking email. I look back up, and this older kid has come back over, and he's stomach-punching 
my son in the stomach. And it's one of those minutes like the dad's, the dad saves we saw where my instincts kicked in. I didn't even think with my brain. Next thing I know, I'm holding this kid up in the air. And everything in my instincts is to just chuck this kid. I mean, everything in me. And thankfully, my brain caught up to my body right about here. <laughs> and I realized I will go to jail if I do that. And so I set that child down and I slowly backed away and I got my kids and we left and my son was fine and everything was okay. All right, but here's the question I want to ask you. How does God respond when life bullies you? How does God respond when you are getting stomach punched by life? And uh, when we're little, sometimes we get bullied by our older siblings. I had three older brothers, so I know how that feels. But as we get older, the pain, the things that punch us in the gut in life gets more complex, right? The people we love, they pass away. And the grief, it just feels like someone punched us in the gut. Sometimes we deal with sickness, our bodies wear out, we have cancer or, or other sicknesses that we didn't expect to ever have. And, and how does God respond when that happens? How does God respond when you have a career or a business that you started and you've put everything you can into it and it just doesn't work out? How does God respond when you get punched by the bully of divorce? How does God respond when your dreams fall apart? Well, we're going to find the answer to that in God's word today. In fact, what we're going to learn is that Christmas is all about God's response to that. You see, he doesn't ignore you when you're in pain. He doesn't walk away. He's a God who intervenes to rescue. And here's how the Bible puts it in Galatians 1 verse 4. It says this, The Lord Jesus Christ, he gave himself for our sins. Now, what are our sins? We'll define that later, but for now, it's, it's really our mistakes. We've all made mistakes, right? He gave himself for our mistakes to rescue us. So Jesus, is a, he's a real person, by the way. In fact, he's one of the most documented people in all of human history. Our calendar is based on his birth. It's the year 2017, because 2017 years ago, a baby was truly born. And he actually lived in the ancient Near East. His name was Jesus. He claimed to be God. He performed miracles. He healed the blind. He raised the dead. And all these people started following him, but he said, my biggest miracle is not just to heal your bodies for a little bit. My biggest miracle is to take you to a place where your bodies will never die. My biggest miracle is to heal your internal sickness, which he calls sin. Now, Jesus was his name, but we call him Christ or the Christ because that's an ancient word for the Messiah. You see, there were these people who believed that God was going to come down among us and live and take all of our consequences upon himself. And when he did that, he would be called the Christ. So whether you believe in God or not, you should know that when you celebrate Christmas, you're celebrating Christ. That's what the holiday is all about. It's all about the Messiah, God coming down among us. You see, when God first designed humanity, he didn't design us to have cancer. He didn't design us to have death or war or pain, or suffering, those things came in from an evil adversary. Uh, the Bible calls him Satan, or the devil. And we live in a world that's been infected by this brokenness that God calls sin. And so when sin was beating up, and is beating up, our bodies, and our relationships, and our surroundings, God did not walk away. He didn't cross his arms and say, 
Why do those people make such a mess of their lives? Instead, he decided to step in and pick up the bully. And we're going to see that he's actually defeated sin and he's defeated death. You could put it all this way. Christmas is about God rescuing us. Christmas is all about God rescuing us. I've got a question for the kids. Do any of you kids raise your hands if at night your parents have a, a little bedtime routine with you? Do your parents do anything with you before bed? Like maybe they read you a story. Maybe they pray with you. One of the other services, none of the kids raised their hands. And I got really concerned <laughs> that kids in the area are just being locked in rooms and told to go to sleep. So parents, if nothing else, take that as an application. Bedtime's a good time to pray with your kids and talk about their day. So, okay. So two nights ago, I was laying down uh, with Jack, my eight-year-old, and we had prayed. We had read a little Bible story, and I said, Jack, I've got to get up and go. He said, no, I, I want you to stay here with me uh, while I fall asleep. And I said, Jack, I, I either go wrap Christmas presents or I stay with you. If I stay with you, I can't wrap Christmas presents, and you won't get those Christmas presents. And I figured, like, that'll be it. He'll be like, see you, Dad. Well, for some reason, he, said, he, he thought for a while, and he said, Dad, I really like Christmas presents, which he does. Can I see a raise of hands of people who like Christmas presents? Yeah, I like Christmas presents. Okay, Jack, love, he, all year long he talks about his Christmas presents, and this really surprised me because he said, Dad, I like Christmas presents a lot, but you're my dad, and if I had to choose between you and Christmas presents, I'd rather have you stay here with me. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's how I felt. My, my heart just melted. And do you know that God loves you with that kind of love? Do you know that God just wants you next to him? He's a God who wants to put his arm around you. And so what happened is when sin and evil came into this world and split you away from God, he didn't just walk away. He said, I will do whatever it takes to put my arm back around my sons and my daughters. He wants to put his arm around you. That's what Christmas is all about. Well, here's a question for you. Where could you use a rescue in your life? Where could you use a, a dad or a strong person to come in and intervene? Maybe it's in an addiction. Maybe there's a habit you have that just started off as something to help you through a hard time or something to kind of numb the pain, but that bad habit has just been growing and growing and it's become something that you can't say no to. And if you're honest with yourself, it's become an addiction that you can't beat on your own. Maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's depression, maybe it's fear of death. We're gonna talk in our time about how the Christmas rescue sets us free from being afraid of death. You know, there's no mistake that God cannot forgive. There's no addiction he cannot rescue from. And I have seen God rescue people in the most dramatic ways from, from uh, unbeatable addictions, humanly speaking. But I've seen God deliver. He can do it. You know, we've seen in the news lately that the most powerful people in the world and the people with the most amount of money and fame, all the things that supposedly will make us happy, that they still have problems and they're still broken on the inside. And that's part of what the Christmas rescue is about. We're all a little bit broken on the inside. Here's a couple examples. Just this last week, the president of ESPN, the sports channel, the president of ESPN resigned. And the reason is that he has a drug addiction that he cannot beat. So here's a person who's making millions of dollars a year, 
He has a dream job. He knows all the professional athletes. He knows lots of rich and powerful people. He's got more money than he could ever want. He's actually physically healthy otherwise, but he has this addiction that he just cannot beat. And all the stuff that the world says will make you happy, he has, but he's still broken on the inside. That's actually true of all of us. We can add lots of decorations around us, and we can make ourselves look good, and we can buy nice shiny things, but there's something deep inside us that needs to be fixed, and that's what Christmas is about, fixing that internal problem. Actually, it was recently voted as the news story of the year that there has been a string, one after another, of very powerful, very famous, very wealthy people who have been losing their jobs and losing their positions because they were abusing their power. They were taking advantage of the people around them. Kevin Spacey, the actor, Matt Lauer of the Today Show, Charlie Rose of CBS and PBS, they're just the beginning of a list of people who, despite having everything that should make them happy, were still broken on the inside. Well, the good news is, God knows what's broken inside of us and he came to fix it. The Bible puts it this way, the wages of sin is death. Uh, The wages are a paycheck. The wages of sin is death. And here's the good news, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, here's a good hand-raising question for kids. Is anyone excited to open Christmas presents tomorrow? Yes, me too. Uh, Does anyone, some families have different traditions, does anyone get to open any presents tonight on Christmas Eve? Let's see. Okay, yeah, I, you know what, it's kind of a weird thing, but my family did that growing up, and so it made Christmas Eve services really painful to sit through, (laughs) because it was just like, when is this thing going to end? There's presents waiting at home. Well, God gave us a gift. You know, wouldn't it be silly when you opened up a, your Christmas presents tonight or tomorrow? Wouldn't it be silly if after you opened the gift, you went up to the person and instead of saying thank you, you said, this is, this is really nice. It's exactly what I wanted. How much do I owe you? Right? We don't do that because a gift is free. And here's the beautiful thing about God's message of salvation through Jesus. It's a free gift. You, you don't have to give money to the church to get rescued from what's broken in your life. You don't have to do a bunch of special religious things. It is a gift, but just like a Christmas gift, you have to decide whether or not you will receive it. And part of receiving it, you don't have to be really smart to receive it. You don't have to know a whole bunch of stuff, but you do have to be humble enough to acknowledge that there are mistakes in your life. So let's talk about this word sin, because that's what we ultimately need deliverance from. This verse says, the paycheck, or wages, for sin is death. That means death in two ways. One, our bodies die, but two, it's a death that is a separation from God. That's where we would be if Jesus hadn't come into the world. The paycheck for our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, what is sin? Let me give you a really simple definition. Sin is any thought or behavior. Sin is anything that will hurt you or it will hurt the people around you and yet it looks really sweet and sugary and tasty. Sin is anything that will be bad for you or bad for the people around you but it just looks so delicious it's almost irresistible. In fact, the Bible says all of us at times have chosen things that were bad for us or bad for the people around us because they just looked 
so, so good. I'll give you an example of this. When I was a kid growing up, I lived on a very, very busy street. And so our driveway at home, my parents made this line on the driveway. And when I was learning to ride my bike, kids, here's a question. Raise your hand if you know how to ride a bike. Okay, now here's one, because I know a lot of you already have bikes, so put your hands down. If you want a bike for Christmas, but you don't have one yet, raise your hand. I just want to see if there's any kids who need a bike in here. I see a couple back there. Okay, take note, everyone. Okay, parents in particular and nearby neighbors. Okay, so my parents had this line on the driveway. They said, when you ride your bike, you're not allowed to go past this line. And I remember as a kid thinking, man, my dad is such a party pooper. It would be so much more fun if I could ride my bike just a little bit further down the driveway. But you know what I realized as I got older? That line was there because those cars on that busy street, they were going so fast. If I rode my bike into that street, I could get killed or at the very least have to go to the hospital. And so my parents put that line there not because they were boring or mean, but because they loved me and they didn't want me to get hurt. Well, in the Bible, God calls certain behaviors and thoughts sin. And he does it not because he wants us to live a boring life, but because he wants us to live a healthy life. So he says, don't think these thoughts of lust, because if you let lust overtake your mind, eventually you'll act out on it, and it will hurt the people you love, or it will hurt yourself. He says, don't let greed overtake your heart and your mind because if you do, eventually you'll act out on it and you might steal from someone or you might be tempted to lie and wrong someone else. He says, don't let anger overtake your heart because anger, one, it'll eat you up on the inside and it'll ruin your own life. But secondly, eventually you might act out on that anger and you might maybe throw someone's kid across the park. (laughs) Or worse, murder is really just anger that comes out of someone's heart through their actions. And the reality is God has drawn these lines because he loves us. Uh, You see the Bible, and we'd invite you to join us here any weekend in the next year. We always open up the Bible because we've learned that the Bible's not a religious book of rules to make life boring and restricted. We've learned that the Bible, it's actually a love letter that's written from the heart of God, and it instructs us, here's how you live life to the fullest. Here's how you live a life where you're not addicted to anything. Here's how you live a life where you're not a slave to money or possessions. Here's how you live a life where you're free from anxiety, you're free from the fear of death, and we get to experience that when we receive the gift that God has given us. So all of us, sadly, have crossed some of these lines in our lives. We've all had moments where we knew it was the wrong thing, but we did it anyway. And so if you feel like you've made some mistakes, know that you're not a terrible person. You're a normal person. We've all made mistakes, and that's why Jesus came. The payment for our sin was death. In other words, when we breathe our last breath, if we haven't believed in Jesus, we won't wake up in the presence of God because God can't have sin in his presence. So what Jesus the Christ did is when he went to the cross, he took upon him the punishment, the consequences for all of my mistakes and sins and all of yours and this whole room and actually the whole world. He took that upon himself and now your sins have been forgiven. The only question is, will you open up that gift? Will you receive that gift? Two things you should know about the gift. First of all, the gift brings peace in this life. When you accept Christ's forgiveness for your sins, it brings peace in this life because no longer do you have to walk around under a cloud of shame and guilt. There's a place in the Bible where it says there is 
no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You think of how white that beautiful snow is outside. And God says, where our hearts were muddy, where our hearts were dirty, when we trust in Christ, it washes all that away and we can become as white as snow spiritually before God. You can have peace in this life when you trust in Christ. And secondly, you can live knowing that you have eternal life. Now, eternal life might not seem that exciting when you're four or six or eight years old and you're super healthy, but as you start to get older, you start to realize that just like every other person, your body will wear out eventually. And eventually you will be faced with the reality of death. And the gift of God that gives eternal life, it allows us to face death with a fearlessness. And when our loved ones who've trusted in Christ, when, when they die, it allows us to know we're going to see them again. And that funerals are not a farewell, but they are truly a see you soon. I want to tell you a story about gifts that money cannot buy. You know there are gifts that money can't buy, and, and these are two of them. Having a living room full of people who love you, that's a gift that money can't buy. Being healthy enough to get out of the house and come here today, money can't buy that. That's a gift that money can't buy. Being young is a gift that money can't buy. I've met some really old people who have a lot of money and they would give all their money to be young again. In fact, I want to tell you a true story about a person like that. His name is Don Laughlin and he's in his late 80s. He has a city named after him in Nevada called Laughlin, Nevada. And Don Laughlin actually told me when he and I talked, Don Laughlin owns a whole bunch of tall buildings and a whole bunch of ranches and a whole bunch of houses. He's got a whole museum of cars, not model cars, but real cars. He's got a private jet, a private helicopter. Don Laughlin told me in the penthouse suite at the top of one of his buildings, he said, John, if I could go back, he grew up in Wisconsin and he trapped fur in the winter as a little boy. He said, if I could go back to having nothing and trapping fur in the winter in Wisconsin, but to be 10 years old again, I would trade it all. Because Don Laughlin, this is the sad part of the story, he lives every day afraid of dying. He lives every day afraid of dying, and all the money that he has, which is more than a billion dollars, which is a big number, okay? All that money doesn't free him from the fear of death. In fact, he's so afraid of dying, the sad part is he doesn't believe in God. And so since he hasn't placed his faith in God, like all of us, he has to place his faith in something as death approaches. So he's placed his, all of his faith in science, and his, what he's doing is he's going to have his body flash frozen. When, um, when you eat fish, a lot of times fish, like sushi, it's flash frozen. It's the same thing, okay? He's going to have his body flash frozen when he dies, and his only hope is that someday down the road that there will continue to be world peace and there won't be wars, and someday down the road science will figure out how to bring him back to life, and that's the only hope that he has. I interviewed him because I used to work as a journalist, and I spent a day profiling him, and I remember leaving uh, his penthouse suite of the big building he owned, driving away. I was in my 20s. I didn't really have any money. I just had a little car that I drove around, and I remember leaving and realizing I'm a richer man than Don Laughlin. I'm a richer man because, one, I'm in my 20s, and he said he'd give everything he has to get back to being young. But more importantly, I'm a richer man because of my relationship with Jesus. I'm not afraid to die. I know that when I breathe my last breath on earth, my eyes will open up, and I will be in the presence of God. And I know that with 100% with certainty. As much as I know that I'm standing up here in front of you today, I, I know that. 
And God wants you to know that. I wonder on a scale of 1 to 10, how sure are you that if you were to die today or this week, how sure are you that you'd wake up in God's presence? What Christmas is about is God doesn't want your answer to have to be a 6 or a 7 or an 8 or even a 9. Because your answer isn't about how much money did I give to a church? Did my good outweigh my bad? None of that matters. All that matters is, have you admitted, God, I need your rescue? And have you received his free gift? Because you see, Christ has already paid the price. He's already done the good deeds that you would need to do. He's already covered your sin. How do you receive the rescue? Romans 10 verse 9 tells us how. And here's what it says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. In other words, Jesus, I believe that you're God. That's what Lord means, God. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that means I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins, and then when you rose from the dead, you proved that you're God and you can defeat sin. Well, then the Bible says you will be saved. That's how you unwrap this gift, which like any other gift, is a free gift. And when you unwrap that gift, then you get to start experiencing the peace in this life of forgiveness and knowing that you have eternal life. And, and like any good gift, uh, you know, imagine if someone gave you your favorite thing, whatever it is you really want for Christmas, and if you're a grown-up, just maybe imagine that it's a new car, okay? And, and you open up the, the box, and there's a little set of keys for whatever brand of car you wanted. You go out to the driveway, there it is, and you just, ne- you decide to never drive it. You never put the keys in it. You never turn it on, right? Here's the idea. God gives us this gift of salvation, but he wants us to actually use it. And the next step, the next step that you take after you believe is you get baptized. And we've got a baptism service coming up in January where it's just a celebration that we say, I'm going to live a new life in Jesus. Well, why do I get so passionate about this? I'll tell you, you know, I, I left a career as a journalist because I, I was profiling all sorts of people. I was profiling drug addicts, billionaires like Don Laughlin. I was profiling NFL athletes, the poorest people, the richest people. And what I saw among all people is that there is something broken inside of us and money can't fix it. Success can't fix it. Fame can't fix it. But in my own personal life, I started reading the words of Jesus and I started believing them and I saw that they do have the power to transform a life. I've seen the words of Jesus set people free from the worst addictions, terrible drug addictions. I've seen the power of Jesus' life set people free. And I see it in my life in big dramatic ways and every single day. When you trust in Jesus, when you receive his gift, it starts to change the way that you relate to your spouse and to your kids and to your neighbors. It starts to change the way you see yourself in the mirror because you know that you're forgiven. It changes your identity. It gives you a purpose and it gives you a security. And what I want for you this Christmas is I just want you to have that. I want you to know that you have that. So here's two questions as we wrap up. First, have you received the Christmas rescue? Have you had a moment in your life where you've believed? And if you haven't yet, you can do that today. It just, it starts in the heart. Like we saw in that verse, you believe. And it's really about the humility. This is why the Bible talks about the faith of a child. You see, uh, kiddos in here, you guys are ahead of a lot of us spiritually. Because where kids have an advantage is they understand that they need help from grown-ups. And really what receiving this gift is about is just acknowledging, God, I need some help. 
It's about the humility to say, God, I need your gift. I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I do believe in you. Have you received that gift? Second question for those of us who have, and if you're just receiving it now, are you living in the joy and the freedom of a rescued one? Do you, you know, are you, as you're celebrating Christmas, have you taken a minute to remind yourself, I've been set free from sin. And where I'm grieving that there's an empty chair in the living room, I can remind myself, Jesus defeated death and I don't have to be afraid of death. I can be reunited with my loved ones. Where is it that you need to remind yourself and experience the joy and the freedom of being rescued? Well, in just a minute, we're gonna sing a classic Christmas carol, Silent Night. And the words go like this, Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And I just wanna ask you as, as we prepare to sing that song, can you say that about your soul? Your soul is the deep inner part of you. Can you say all is calm inside of me? Y you can if you believe in Jesus. And so when we sing that, I want you to be able to claim that and say, you know, all is calm. The, the world around me, my body might be broken, my circumstances might be broken, but inside I have an inner peace because I know I've received the rescue. And then when we sing all is bright, do you know that no matter where there's darkness in your life, the darkness of addiction, the darkness of sickness, the darkness of pain, the Bible says that Jesus came as the light of the world, that his light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I want you to be able to sing, all is bright. So let me pray that for you right now. Father, I am so, just so thankful to get to be in this warm room with these people. Lord, I see their eyes and I see their hearts. And Lord, I know you love every person in this room so much. God, I just pray across this room, if there's any who haven't yet trusted in your rescue, that today would be the day that they just call out and say, Jesus, I, I do need your help. I, I do need what's broken inside of me to be fixed. Lord, you're so eager to put your arm around them. You're so eager to intervene and rescue us from our mistakes and the mistakes of others. Jesus, for those of us who, who know you, and I, I just pray that this Christmas would be a great celebration, that we'd be reminding ourselves that we have been rescued that there's no sin that isn't forgiven, there's no mistake that can't be healed, there's no pain that, that you can't make right. So Jesus, we pray all of this in your name, and, and uh, we just thank you for the gift you've given us. Amen.